Welcome to Leadership Matters, a podcast hosted by me, Steve Parker. This is a series that brings a fresh perspective to leadership, motivation, and how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, and world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Each episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan and the world's most successful leaders, and to find out more about why leadership matters. We're very lucky today to have uh, David Devilla in uh, on the podcast. David has worked as a leadership coach, an executive leadership coach and consultant for over a decade, helping over 30,000 leaders from the boardroom to the shop floor. Uh, he's helped me on uh, more than one occasion <laughs> when I've needed it. Uh, in addition to 20 plus years of study in, in Eastern traditions, he's a board certified coach with postgraduate degrees in leadership and a member of the Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches. Um, I kind of wonder why he's talking to me, but uh, I'm very flattered that he's taken the time out today. You've done all this work with a lot of very, very impressive leaders, and your job is to lead them through kind of, uh, I guess, into helping them. How, how, how would you really describe what you do when it comes to, you know, guiding these people who are in their own right, powerful, intelligent people who lead organizations? Yeah, thanks, Steve. You know, I, I don't see myself as, as leading them. I, I I sort of picture myself as a as a thinking partner. Uh, as you say, most leaders, I mean, really anyone who is um, quite senior in, in, in an executive role, especially in a large company, they, they probably didn't get there by accident. Most people at that level, they're, they're quite intelligent. They're considerate people. Um, they think about things from multiple angles. But sometimes it's precisely that. People who are at the top of their game um, can also be trapped by the same experience that led them there. And so I think about uh, athletes, you know, uh, people at the top of their game, Michael Phelps in swimming, uh, Michael Jordan when he was playing basketball. I mean, you know, these people are great at what they do. At the same time, there's some stuff that they might need some help with. There's some aspects of themselves that they might not be able to see clearly. And so they benefit from having a coach, not someone who plays the game better than them per se, but someone who has experience with people like them and can see things that they might have a hard time seeing. And so that's that's how I see myself as more of a partner than than a, a leader or even a guide. I've been very lucky to talk to some really, really good uh, leadership people and some of the people that, that you know yourself, some of the other leadership coaches, executive coaches that I've worked with. I it's a question that kind of comes up for me is, you know, this idea of, I mean, is it easier to coach or is it easier to lead? I mean, wh where do you find yourself? on? <laughs> it's kind of ironic. I was joking with someone the other day. They were asking me about my own business and, you know, staff that I have. And I used to have staff and I no longer have staff. And, you know, the funny thing about me, I guess, is that I, I, I help people to lead and manage other people, but I don't like doing it myself. So <laughs> if that's any indication, and, and another thing is, you know, when I work with, with managers on coaching skills, one of the things I often tell them is that their job is a lot harder than mine because the people that I coach, I have no formal authority over them. You know, I, I have no uh, deadline. I have no, no real um, pressure to get them to do anything. 
So it really allows me to be less biased, to be less attached to the outcome, which I think helps. When one has formal authority over someone else and they're trying to ask good questions or trying to get them to think for themselves or trying to develop them, at the same time, they're wearing that leader hat. They're also wearing a manager hat. They've got their own KPIs. They've got pressure from their line management. Um, and so it's not easy to, to, to do that. But we know from the research, we know from our own firsthand experience that um, when managers become better coaches, they become better at their job and they have more positive impacts and it, help, it helps their career as well. So, you know, the benefits are clear, but no, it's, it's not easy. This transition from being a, you know, a, a worker, right? Someone who does a functional job into being a leader and a manager and a coach. Uh, is that something that you've, do you think, do people have difficulty going through this process? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, so there's a book called The Leadership Pipeline, um, which talks about this issue specifically. Um, there are a few different transitions that, that can happen can happen in one's career if they sort of follow the the trajectory that um, is more or less common, right? We start as an individual contributor, and then we become a, a supervisor, or manager of people, then we become like a leader of leaders, right? So the people beneath us have their own people, we become then from there, maybe a functional leader, department leader, business leader. Um, that first transition from individual contributor, the way that I see it is, the norm is one is very good at their job. Let's say I'm a sales guy. I'm the best sales guy or I'm, I'm, I'm a top sales guy. And somebody recognizes me and says, you're really good at selling our widgets. Can you teach other people to sell like you? And so I get promoted. I get a team of salespeople. And now it's my job to get them to sell better. And that's sort of more or less how it goes. We get promoted based on our technical competence as an individual contributor but we know that it, one has nothing to do with the other. My skill as a salesperson has nothing to do with my ability to, to manage or to lead people. They're separate skill sets. But because we've been continually validated over the course of our career for being a problem solver, we get to the point where, as a leader, we're not actually supposed to be a problem solver. But we're so good at problem solving that we can't get out of that paradigm. And so that leads to things like micromanagement. When I've recognized a problem, I've thought about the problem, I've quickly come up with a solution to the problem, and now when I engage my team, I'm already at the point in my own decision-making process where the solution seems clear, or at least a type of solution seems clear. So I present this solution to this, uh, to this group, and, it, it, and, and if I'm a, a conscious leader, conscientious leader, and I, and I recognize that I don't want to tell people what to do, I'm, I might do something like this. I might go, hey, gang, um, so here's what I think we need to do, but I'm not wed to the idea. You know, I want to hear your ideas, but I just want to get the conversation started. What are your thoughts? What's your feedback? And a lot of leaders do this, and I see you smiling. You probably, <laughs> you've probably heard yourself say something like this. And then what do you get back? Crickets. They almost never give feedback, or if they do, it's almost never actionable. It's almost never different. 
And the end result in that meeting, the solution you, you land on, is usually not much different than the one you initially proposed. Why is that? Well, theoretically, you would have a wide spectrum of possibility, but you've anchored them to one particular idea. And so now the conversation is completely anchored by that idea, by you as the one who holds authority in that relationship. This is one of those things where as a leader, we are, a lot of people talk about leadership as being something where you want to allow other people to express themselves. You right. want ideas. A lot of leaders will, when they talk to me, they talk about, I wish people would share more. I wish they would have more ideas. I wish people would, you know, and yet what I'm hearing from you and also what I hear from other leaders is that often what happens is that people don't really want the ideas. You know, they kind of want the, uh, they want, they like the idea of people sharing with them. But at the end of the day, they've kind of already made up their minds. Yeah. You know, anyway, that's a, that's a whole other story here. But I've heard a lot of really good insights today about kind of how to be a manager. This thing about, and this is an extension of that, this idea of kind of values and behaviors being different sometimes, you know. We all know what we should be doing. We all know what we think we ought to do, but our behaviors may not match up with those values. And so again, it comes back to alignment, right? Aligning your values with your behaviors. David, it's been a joy as always to talk to you. Thank you for taking some time out of your very, very busy day to spend some time with, uh, with me on this, uh, on this little podcast. Cheers. Thank you very much for having me, Steve. You can listen to this podcast live on the fourth Monday of every month on ICRT and after that on the ICRT website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Leadership Matters by Stephen Parker. You can also check out my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it. We'll see you next time.